Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. This podcast is designed to hold space for honest conversations. From purity culture to faith, sexuality, relationships, identity, culture, deconstruction, and more. My hope is to look doubt in the face, be curious, seek God, and ask meaningful questions to address any elephant in the room with openness, nuance, and grace. I won't pretend to be an expert and definitely don't have all the answers. And though it may feel easier and more comfortable to exist in the black and white, I invite you to discover God with me in the gray and unexpected spaces. So whoever you are, whatever you do or don't believe, you are welcome here and have a seat at this table. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective Podcast on iTunes. So each week when a new episode drops, it'll download straight to those devices. And while you're at it, if you feel so inclined, leave us a five-star rating and written review. It would be so helpful to get our message out there. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris, and a special thank you and shout out to Newsstand Studio at One Rock Center for producing this episode of the Refined Collective. Thank you so, so much. You can go ahead and follow along with Rockefeller and see what is going on in Manhattan, New York on Instagram at Rockefeller Center or on Twitter at Rock Center NYC. Growing up in Southern Christian culture, I did not receive proper sex ed. In fact, the only sex that I ever got was to not have sex until marriage. Once I got older, I felt embarrassed by my lack of knowledge and also realized I put myself in some sticky situations simply because I didn't know what I didn't know. So I committed to learning everything I could because with knowledge comes power. And I wanted to be able to show up in this area of my life with informed and enthusiastic consent. That's why I'm so excited to be partnering with Beducated. Beducated is the number one sexual health resource that gives you tools to level up your love life, your sexual health, sex ed, and consent. They have an online library with dozens of courses that are taught by the world's top experts. I recently took the female orgasm course and learned so much about my body, how it's wired, And did you know that there are different types of orgasms? Y'all, it was so fascinating. So are you ready to level up your love life and get the sex ed you never got? Beducated is offering TRC listeners a 24-hour free trial and 70% off for their yearly pass, which comes out to just $7.99 a month. Just go to beducate.me slash the refined collective and use my coupon code refined. That's B-E-D-U-C-A-T-E dot M-E slash The Refined Collective and use code REFINED. Once the code is applied, the discount is locked in for life. So go to beducate.me slash The Refined Collective or use the link in the show notes and use the code REFINED. So I actually haven't done much talking this morning, so I am not really sure how froggy my voice is going to be, but we're just going to go for it. I'm actually supposed to be recording part two of my story from $7 a day to a six-figure book deal. 
but I can't get this other thing out of my head. And a lot of times I'll just have these thoughts in my head and then write them down and think, oh, I'll do a podcast about that one day. And then I'll go back to the notes and I'm like, what Russian weird phrase did I write? And what does that even mean? And so I figured I would try something new today and kind of strike while the iron is hot and while my brain feels in this space in my body. Really, it's my body that feels in this space. So much of what I have been learning in the last few months through going through therapy and moving through pain and heartbreak is just really reconnecting with my body and my heart and how much our hearts are always telling the truth. Our bodies tell the truth. Like the book, Our Bodies Keep the Score. Our minds have judgment. Like our hearts kind of know what's up. And so I feel like I'm going through this metamorphosis right now in therapy where I'm kind of coming home to myself in a new way, in a fresh way. And I've said this to a couple people, what it feels like is the road back to myself is actually the road back to God. It's like I've been falling in love with Jesus again. <laughs> you might cringe hearing that. You're like, well, I thought you were deconstructing your faith. I thought you were cool. Now you're saying you're falling in love with Jesus again. But it's true. I feel like the road back to me is the road back to my creator as well. And so it's been a really interesting time. The phrase that has been on my heart and body and mind since last night is letting go versus giving up. And I've been mulling that over, asking myself, asking God, how do I freaking let go? Like, and isn't letting go kind of giving up? Like when we let go of something, am I giving up on the dream? Am I saying, well, that'll never happen. Let me just put to death that hope. And I think one of the reasons why letting go has been so hard for me is because letting go has felt like a surrender, which in a surrender to me has felt like a completely giving up. So I was sitting in my bed last night and had this, like one of those like pillar moments with myself and God. But before I get there, I want to give you some context. So, you know, those girls you meet, maybe you meet these guys too. You meet this girl, let's say you're at a party or whatever. And man, you can smell from a mile away. Like this girl is desperate. This girl is thirsty. You start talking to her. All she wants is to be in a relationship and she has no idea why she's single. Have you met that person? <laughs> I think I've definitely been that person in the past. And she has no idea why she's single, but within like two seconds, you feel the bitterness radiating off of her. The victim mentality, the scarcity, the, oh my gosh, woe is me. And you're like, oh my gosh, I know why this girl is single or I know why this guy is single. They are in their own freaking way and they are so committed to their bitterness. Like they have a big F you sign on their forehead and they're wondering why no one's coming up to talk to them when they're in a corner with their arms crossed looking like they are just ready to chew someone out and they wanna chew out men. They wanna chew out the patriarchy. They wanna chew out anyone and everyone because they're so tired of being single and there's this big chip on their shoulder and a big entitlement. Do you know that person? Maybe you are that person or have been that person. I remember being at an event in, in New York, maybe seven, eight years ago. And I saw this woman from across the room. She was gorgeous. 
this was also a time in my life where I didn't really believe in like feeling people's energy. I thought it was kind of demonic. And yeah, I see this woman from across the room and I just kind of felt like, like hit by something from her. And I know now I was experiencing her energy or the spirit of how she was showing up. And I walk up to her and started chatting with her. And she was that woman, just angry, bitter. Well, no one here wants to talk to me and there's no good guys here. And gosh, like I have no idea why I'm single. And I was just like, oh my gosh, who needs to tell this girl that she is single because she has the biggest giantest chip on her shoulder and she's clearly in her own way. I walked away from that night and remembered a phrase that one of my coaches had told me. And the phrase was, if you spot it, you got it. So whatever you see in someone else is typically something you can see in yourself. And what we resist in others often are characteristics or capacities that we resist in ourselves. So I remember processing after meeting this girl and being like, oh my gosh, am I that girl? Am I that girl that has no idea why I'm single and yet everyone else around me is secretly like, oh, I don't know why Kat has this giant chip on her shoulder and all she does is go to yoga classes and watch The Bachelor with her girlfriends and only do like tapas and happy hours with other girls and never goes and talks to guys. I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to be that girl. And I realized I was that girl for a very long time. And One thing I felt and feel so passionate about in every area of my life, and maybe passionate is a bad word, maybe challenged, convicted by, is whatever it is, I don't want to be my own reason that I am missing the blessing. I don't want to be in my own way for not getting the breakthrough, not getting the promotion, not getting the yes. I don't want to be in my own way. I don't want to be my own roadblock. And I think it's so easy to just look outside ourselves. I think I'll just make it personal. For me, it was so easy to look outside myself and be stuck in a victim mentality about about dating, about my career. Well, everyone else gets what they want, but I don't. And I thought, you know what? If I'm single because that's what God has for me, like, thank you, God. I have a great life. But if I'm single because I'm in my own way, that's something that I can do something about. So for the past seven-ish years, I have been very committed in dating and my career because really how you show up for one thing is how you show up for everything and getting out of my way and doing all the things. And okay, well, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to online date. I'm going to go up and talk to guys. I'm not going to be single for lack of trying. Like my mom is like always trying to figure out like how and why I'm still single. And she's like, well, have you tried this? Have you tried this? I'm like, listen, mom, I love you, but I am not single for lack of trying, lack of doing the strategies. And in fact, one of the reasons why I turned this into part of my business, first I was learning so much about, oh my gosh, once I saw that this one homegirl was in her way and then I realized I was in my own way, it was like everything became clear. It was like the matrix. And I realized, oh my gosh, all these women, we are all in our own ways. And if we just put ourselves out there and take responsibility and ownership for how we're showing up, then so much more breakthrough can happen. Like the chances of me meeting someone are a lot higher if I'm actually trying (laughs) and if I'm actually taking ownership for how I show up in my life versus if I'm just complaining, shut my heart down, 
only hanging out with my girlfriends, never doing anything to meet new people. Like, yeah, I might not meet someone both ways, but I have a much better chance if I am taking ownership. What I have experienced in myself in the last year or two is feeling like this fatigue, like, oh my gosh, God, I am doing all these things. My clients are getting results. For a few years, I felt like I was the queen of first dates and was like, man, do I have bad breath? Do I smell bad? Like, I'm doing all the things. Like, why is this working for other people and not for me? And to be frank, there's been times where I've just felt like a fake and a fraud. Like, other people are getting results from what I'm coaching, but like, why am I not? I wondered if I had gone from one extreme to the next, one side of the pendulum to all the way to the other. The one side being total scarcity, total victim, which all of that is a strategy of self-preservation, but it's also a control strategy. I am in control if I am controlling the narrative and the narrative being not enough men, you know, there's no good guys out there, online dating doesn't work, all of that bull crap. It's still a self-preservation and control strategy. And on the flip side of that, going all the way to the other side was like, it's all up to me. Like, I can't stay home this Saturday night, even though I'm super tired because I don't want to be in my own way and not going to meet someone unless someone's knocking on my door on Saturday night. So I think I went to the opposite side of the extreme. And I'm kind of in this space where I'm realizing that I feel really called to this space between. Like it feels really clear to me with my job and ministry. If Yeah, I, I consider what I'm doing ministry, but I feel like faith-wise in the space between what that looks like is, you know, I don't really feel comfortable going to church right now, but I'm also like not ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so I feel like I'm in this middle space. And I don't really know how to find my people right now. Like, kind of like, if you build it, they will come. I don't know how to meet my tribe because I used to meet all my friends at a church. And that was a lot of my social life. And that hasn't been my social life in the last year and a half. And so it feels really clear to me in this sort of like spiritual space, Christian space, like heart space to like be a person who holds this tension of the in-between And then the other night, I felt like God was like, what if you also did that in your love life? And I was like, I have no idea what the heck that looks like. What if you let go of your attachment, your death grip on doing all the things all the time? Because I felt like I put in my 10,000 hours, God, like I'm showing up. Like, are you going to meet me halfway at all? It almost seems like God's like waiting to meet me in this space until I let my death grip on the desire go. So if you listen to my podcast at the end of last year or any of the videos on my Patreon in in last fall, you know, I dated a guy last year and it was one of the first guys in a long time that I got past date one with. We'll call this guy T. And we dated and it was really impactful for me. I am still learning so much from this relationship. I went into dating and I have primarily gone into dating thinking like the ultimate end goal is marriage for me. Like that's what I want. That's what I'm hoping for. So like this relationship is only successful if it ends in that. And 
my relationship with this guy ended and it ended in a confusing way and in an abrupt way. And we both were hurt. And here I am a couple months later and I'm still feeling pretty heartbroken. Yet the amount of growth I have experienced. And if you want to know those specific things, listen to my last podcast of 2021. I kind of suck at dating. But as I've been growing and kind of moving through this heartbreak in that, I'm like, oh my gosh, well, I got to get back out there. Like, you know, I'm 36. I want to have babies. Like, no rest for the weary. I need to get back out there and pull myself back up from the bootstraps. So I was going on online dates in December and I ended up meeting this guy and we dated for most of December and it was really fun. It was really light. He was super vulnerable with his heart and playful and I was able to like meet him in that place which felt like really healing and and fun because so much of the feedback from T, the guy I dated, was that I was so guarded. And so I was like, I wonder what it would be like just to practice more vulnerability. And so I got to do that with this guy. And I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm so over tea. Like I am dating this new guy and it is so fun. And then after a few weeks, it became really clear to me for some very clear reasons that this was really not going to be able to go anywhere. And so we ended things right before New Year's. And let me tell you, I was like all high and mighty on my high horse. Like I am over tea, like, oh my gosh. And then as soon as guy number two, was out of the picture. It was like my heart started hurting again. And I was like, oh my gosh, T is still in my heart. I thought I was done with this. And so I've, you know, trying to let myself process and grieve that, but also felt ashamed. Like, gosh, like he's dating someone new and he's not even thinking about me. And first of all, I don't know those things. Well, I do know he's dating someone new, but I don't know what he's thinking about. I'm not a mind reader. But I just felt embarrassed and ashamed that I was still struggling with this. And I also felt this fear inside of me to not let time slip away. Like, cat, like no time is better than today. And we're going to keep putting ourselves out there. We're going to keep marching forward. And I have been coaching you guys about Super Bowl Sunday of dating, which is the first Sunday of January. I think it was January 2nd this year. And I was like, I got to walk what I preach. And so if I'm telling you guys to online date on Super Bowl Sunday, then I am too. And quick little caveat about that. That day really is like the best day for online dating. And I got more matches on that day than I ever do. I ended up going on a date the next day, like on that Monday and then that Tuesday with a different guy. I was like, I'm just putting myself out there. I'm doing this. I'm moving through this heartbreak. And I'm on my Monday date and the guy is really nice. We went on a hike and we ended up just chatting for two hours. And it was a pleasant surprise in the sense of, to be frank, most of the guys I meet online, I'm like, mm, I pretty much have zero interest in, but let's just put ourselves out there and try this. And he was really kind and really nice. And remember, we're going on this hike and then we sat on this rock. I called it Pride Rock. <laughs> And we just chatted and we're talking and I can just feel tea in my heart. Like I can just feel the guy from last year just taking up this space in my heart. And I'm like, I'm wanting to be present on this date, but I'm just thinking about this other guy. And that sucked. 
I was like, man, what do I do with this? Like, my heart is hurting. And is this fair to be like trying to like plow my way through dating to get over someone? And I used to think 100% no, like you don't date someone until you're completely over someone. And now I see that there's like nuance and layers in there. I think there can be real beauty and seeing there are other people out there and putting yourself out there and maybe taking a step before you're totally ready. But I think I realized like, I'm just really not ready. And I'm like, if I ask myself real honestly, why am I dating right now? It would be because I'm afraid of being in my own way. And I'm afraid of losing time. And I got this biological clock. And so the day down dead and it it went well. And he wanted to see me again. And I was like, well, I had a good time. Yeah, sure. And then the next day I went on another date and that was a freaking train wreck. It was like the longest hour of my life. Like he was just a tool, like misogynistic. I mean, making fun of COVID, like it doesn't exist. I mean, just, he said every New Yorker he's ever met, he's hated. And I was like, well, you know, I just moved from there. Like, so totally not a good fit, but I got home and I just cried, not because, but I went on a crappy date. I've been on a thousand crappy dates, but because I was like, man, T is just still in my heart. My heart's really hurting. So what do I do? <laughs> like, do I keep online dating or do I take a minute? And then I went out that weekend and met a guy out with my friend and he was really nice and asked for my number and asked me out. And I just felt like I gave him my number because I felt like I should. He texted me and I'll just be real. I didn't text him back. (laughs) You know, that wasn't very kind. And I think what I wish I could have said in that moment was, thank you so much. Like, it's been so nice chatting with you. Like, I'm just not interested. And that's what I would coach you to do. But in that moment, like, I wasn't able to stand up for what I wanted. Here's where I've been the last few days or the last week or so from that is just feeling like, I feel like I should be dating. And that should be a flag right there. Whenever we're using should language, like should is never helpful. One of my yoga instructors years ago said, stop shoulding all over yourself. Should doesn't deal with our hearts. Should deals with obligation or external pressures of, well, this is the expectation of how I should be showing up. But it's dismissing like, well, where's my heart really at? Is this what I want? And I was in therapy the other day and he was like, just approach online dating like, entertainment, like you're having a good time. And I was like, it just feels like work right now. And I'm doing this because I want to be doing my part. And I don't want to be that girl from eight years ago that I met at that party. I don't, I don't want people to look at me and know like, oh, I know why Kat Harris is single. But here's the reality is I'm exhausted and I'm burned out. I'm fatigued and I'm just not ready. But I still just don't want to be in my own way. I'm in my mid-30s, single, and want to have kids one day. If you're in my Patreon community and watched my video about my fertility journey, you know that I recently tested my fertility levels because I want to be proactive now to know what my options can be in the future. Because you don't show up to a marathon race without having been diligent in your training, right? So if you're a woman and think you might be interested in having kids one day, it's time today to take ownership over your fertility so you can know all of your options. 
Modern Fertility makes it easy and affordable to test your fertility hormones right at home with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label and get your personalized results within 10 days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, your ovarian reserve, aka how many eggs you have compared to other women your age, and other important fertility factors. You can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and your options for next steps. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com refined. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds and even thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. So get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com refined. Again, that's modernfertility.com refined. You may not know this, but I run two full-time businesses, The Refined Woman, which includes this podcast and things like my book. And I've also been a full-time photographer for over a decade. Life can easily get complicated balancing the two and constantly being on the go. One self-care hack that has changed my life is making sure I always have a healthy snack on hand that is quick and easy so I can just grab and go. My current favorite is the 100% grass-fed beef sticks from Paleo Valley. Did you know that companies can claim their beef is grass-fed as long as the cow is fed grass at some point in its life? Oftentimes, the cows will be finished on grain but are still marketed as grass-fed. Paleo Valley is clear about their process and their ingredients. Their beef sticks come from small, American-owned farms that practice rotational grazing, and their cows are always fed and finished with grass. Plus, Paleo Valley beef sticks are free of hydrogenated oils, making it one of the healthiest meat snacks on the market. Go to www.paleovalley.com and use code CAT15 for 15% off your first purchase. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com and use code CAT, that's K-A-T, 15 for 15% off your first order. So the question I've had that I've been mulling over is, how can I be clear about what I want and not hold it with a death grip? I was voice memoing with Kate Warman yesterday. Kate Warman from Heart of Dating. We're both relationship coaches and we both voice memo each other all the time about our dating woes. And I'm like, girl, I'm struggling. Here's what's going on. I basically just told her everything I just told you. And bless her. She is so good about validating where you're at and just like allowing you to really be seen and hold space for you. And she just said something to me that she's never said before. And she was like, you know what, Kat? Like, you're doing all the things. Like, you know, you've put in the 10,000 hours. And what does it look like for you to just let go right now? And she was like, you know, it's like the cheesiest thing ever. But it's like, you know, when you let go, (laughs) you know, let go, let God. And just see what happens. You know, love often happens when you least expect it. And when people say that to me, I literally want to punch them in the nose. But I don't know why, for whatever reason, it actually resonated with me. I was like, you know what? Something about that feels truthful. And maybe my heart was just open to it in that moment. But she was like, what if you keep your heart open, but let go of your attachment? 
And so I thought about that and I was like, God, I just don't know how to do that. Like, God, show me how to be clear and release the death grip. Show me how to be in between the two pendulum extremes. Show me how to be in this space between. And so, yeah, I'm super clear about what I want. I feel like it's very important to know what you want so that you can walk forward with clarity towards your vision. I want to meet a man that loves God, but isn't weird and has integrity, who is emotionally available and playful and ready for a relationship. Like, and I want to meet that guy this year. I would love to get married in the next year and a half. And I would love to have a baby shortly after that. That feels so crystal clear to me. But my death grip on that clarity has put so much pressure on dating. (laughs) In fact, the first time I talked to T last year, I told him like, this is exactly what I want. And was like, if you don't want this and aren't ready for it, we don't need to talk any further. And I think in the moment, I felt really proud of myself. So I was like, I am like standing up for what I want. I am standing up for myself. I am being my worth. In hindsight, I can look back to that conversation. We're actually on the phone and I feel the fear under my bravado. I feel a girl who is terrified of not getting what she wants and terrified of wasting time. So I better be clear from day one so no one wastes my time. Underneath that is fear. Underneath that entitlement was a scared, terrified girl who was so afraid of not getting what she wanted. Looking back, I'm like, how did that guy not just run away from me? <laughs> like, why why did he hear that and stay? So I showed up with a lot of bravado, but underneath that, a lot of fear. About seven years ago, I had it on my heart to write a book. And I wanted to write this book about me falling in love with this guy in New York And I also wanted to intertwine it with this like redemption story in my family with my dad being an addict and becoming sober and then me working through all my daddy issues and then meeting this amazing guy. (laughs) And even though this guy and I didn't work out, all the breakthroughs I experienced from it. And once I said yes to the book, it's like my life didn't become easy. Writing a book is like effing hard, but there became this ease in my life in that surrender. I felt like I was floating instead of fighting everything around me to be clear and to let go. Again, it felt just like an invitation. And it was like, I resisted it. But then I you know, had that voice memo with Kate and something about what she said resonated with me. And then I'm sitting up in my bed and I felt like, I had this revelation about the difference between letting go and giving up is a posture of the heart. Letting go stays connected to hope and keeps the heart open and is ready to receive. Letting go believes for the breakthrough and then releases it. Like I think of Moses's mother in the Old Testament and, you know, she lets her baby go. I could just imagining this woman who has birthed this baby, you know, probably this miracle. Every child's a miracle, right? She wraps this baby up, puts this baby in a basket and floats this baby down the river. Why? Because she is trusting that in her letting go of her dream, of her baby, that the whole time 
this baby, this Moses is in much better hands with God than her. And that's what this feels like for me. Whereas like giving up is a self-preservation strategy. Giving up is black and white and puts hope to death. It agrees with cynicism and fear. And it's another strategy of control. Well, I'm giving up. I'm putting this to death because I'm tired of hoping and this is never going to happen for me. That's giving up. Letting go says, I really want this, but I'm going to stop striving. I'm going to stop strategizing. I'm going to stop having a death grip, trusting that when I put this baby Moses into a basket, that is the best place it can be is to go downstream, to be where God has always wanted this baby to be. I am really good at doing, I am a high achiever. I'm a high performer. Give me a task and a to-do list and I will cross those suckers off. But can I learn to be? Can I learn to let go? Do you wanna know a funny story is how I met T is we met on Instagram. Somehow one of my friends had posted something and he followed his friend and saw an IG story about me and clicked on my account and was like, this girl's cool. And then noticed we had some mutual friends and then had our mutual friends set us up. And I remember when my mutual friend reached out to me, I was like, what? This is so random. And then we ended up connecting and getting to know each other for a lot of last year. What strikes me about that is like, I didn't do anything to meet him. Like I wasn't positioning myself. I wasn't striving. I wasn't strategizing. Like I was just living my life. I was being intentional about my dating. I was like doing all the quote unquote things, but I couldn't have orchestrated a meeting with this person. Like we live in different states, have different lives. And yet it happened anyways. I'm curious to see what happens in my own life and what could be possible in yours if you were intentional and clear and surrendered to the process of life. Like, do I still want to be intentional? Yeah, I don't want to be like, well, I've let go. So like, I've let go and let God. So I'm just gonna like live my life and not do anything about this. No, like I'm gonna stay open. I'm still really clear about what I want, but it's the posture of my heart that is shifting. It's the metamorphosis, the coming back to myself of I can live in this space between and I can trust. I'm not gonna pretend that I don't want these things, but I'm really done striving. I'm really done strategizing because it's exhausting. I want to live in this space of letting go. Remember the difference between letting go and giving up as a posture of the heart. Letting go holds on to hope, keeps the heart open and is ready to receive, believes for the breakthrough, and then sends that baby Moses down the river. Whereas giving up is a controlled self-preservation strategy, is putting a death to hope. Let me reject myself before I can be rejected by someone else, whether that's in love or career or finances or other friendships. I don't know about you, but I want to learn how to let go without giving up. So that's where I'm at. That's what I have for you today. That's what I'm walking through. <sighs> okay. Bye for now. <laughs>